You're listening to the Checklist Legal Podcast, digital thinking for lawyers. Welcome to episode one. Thank you so much for listening to the Checklist Legal Podcast. This is a podcast designed to help lawyers think digitally about contracts and the law. I am Verity White, a technology lawyer and legal blogger. To find out a bit more about me and the podcast, you can listen to episode zero or check out my blog at checklistlegal.com. Today, I am very excited to introduce you to the reverse sandwich contract. And for each episode, I'll let you know the mindset we'll need to use to approach our contracts. Today's mindset is useful and usable. So keep that one in mind, useful and usable. John Montague was the fourth Earl sandwich in Kent, England. Before the fourth Earl sandwich, a sandwich was just called bread and meat. The gossip goes that the middle-aged Earl Sandwich loved his card games. During one particularly long gambling session of 4 and 20 hours at a public gaming table, Earl Sandwich got a little peckish. The Earl would order beef between two slices of bread. Apparently, there's no time for knives and forks if you're on a bender. The Earl's friends and gambling buddies saw the wisdom in continuous cutlery-free betting. So they started to order the same as sandwich. Others think this is a bit rough on poor old Earl sandwich and they put forward an alternative theory. Having become the Earl of sandwich at just 10 years old, the fourth Earl sandwich led a busy life. He was a workaholic. Earl sandwich was among the first to work through lunch, eating a sandwich at his desk. Like our modern habit of eating over the keyboard in front of our computers, the Earl realized a sandwich at one's desk is a handy way to eat and keep working without wrestling with silverware. We can almost imagine the Earl's subordinates beginning to do their work over lunch, just like their boss. Their mates walking past and commiserating with them on their workload. Pulling a sandwich, huh? Rough. I like to think it was a combination of both working and gambling, as well as sandwich loving, that created the name we now know and love. So what does the Earl of Sandwich have to do with making productive contracts? That is a very sensible question, and I'm glad you asked. A traditional contract is structured like a basic sandwich. There's simple bread on the outside with the tasty stuff hidden in the middle. As lawyers and contract drafters, we have all copped this. We make use of the precedents our managers and colleagues give us. If we get excited, sometimes we change the font from Times New Roman to Arial. We might even add a few headings. Generally though, the basic structure of the contracts stay the same. When it comes to contracts, we say, I'll have the same as sandwich. We've used precedents based on precedents from years before, never really challenging the way they are structured. Why? It seems quicker at the time. It's often hard to challenge those in positions of seniority and it's been working in the past so surely it's going to work in future. To borrow a Dr. Stephen Coveyism, often we're too busy shoveling the little rocks and gravel these old-fashioned contracts produce to stop and think about the big rocks of contract drafting. Today we're going to have a look at contracts a little differently we're going to try a different kind of contract sandwich because you don't have to order the same contract sandwich as everyone else. I'd like you to imagine a different world for a moment. 
A world where lawyers write beautiful contracts that everyone can read, understand and use. And these contracts help make negotiation easier and they reduce commercial disputes. There is a fun and easy way to structure contracts so that you get all the legal power of a traditional contract with the ridiculous amount of productivity for everyone that touches a contract, including lawyers, clients, and customers. These are called reverse sandwich contracts. When I began experimenting with contract productivity and automation, I was a junior lawyer with no budget. My friendly, small, in-house legal team of six had no money for expensive, custom-built software. We didn't even have a legal secretary to help us with paperwork and legal admin. Often, a day would look something like this. Check the tracking on envelopes with the post office to see if contracts were delivered. Update internal clients who were waiting for basic contracts to either be generated, printed, sent, signed, or returned. Chase around executives, often interstate, to sign documents. Create a cover sheet with internal approvals to assure executives that contracts were okay for signing. Chase up someone else to fill in certain parts of information that we need in the contract to get it finished. Follow up with personal assistants to see whether directors had signed contracts yet. Basically, it was admin heavy and filled with drudgery. I was drowning in stacks of contracts in the to-be-scanned and filed pile. Not to mention my poor email inbox filled with status update email requests and follow-up emails, rejected file size too big emails and emails to myself to remember to follow up a contract. Does that sound familiar? I knew there had to be a better way, so I started experimenting. And as the experimenting began, trends started to pop up across different contract types. As predicted by the Pareto Principle, also known as the 80-20 rule, I started to notice that around 80% or so of a contract wouldn't change for different deals. The 20% or so areas of the contract that did change were typically the really juicy areas, the key details. These key details that changed were often scattered haphazardly throughout the document. The key details, crucial to the contract relationship's success or failure, were hidden away in definitions, footers, notice clauses, wordy paragraphs and elsewhere. Hidden deep within the contract was the 20% of key details that often needed to change and I had to wade through the other 80% to hunt out these key details. I started to notice that the more details I could get others to fill in for me, the less time I needed to spend on admin tasks. The less things that I needed to change in each contract, the faster I could get it back to my internal clients. The closer together the 20% key details were, the less digital distance I needed to cover to create a contract. The less mind-numbing admin work I needed to do, the better and faster I could do the high-value legal work. So what is a reverse sandwich contract? If you are listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume that you know what a contract is. Hopefully you are not looking for sandwich recipes because I am a pretty crappy cook. We know that we want our documents to be productive, negotiated fast, signed quickly and managed more by the business, less by the legal team. So how do you structure a contract to get all the certainty and legal punch of the traditional paper-based contracts we've come to know and tolerate with the productivity gains of digitization and automation? 
enter the reverse sandwich contract. A reverse sandwich contract might sound silly, but it is the crux of a proven method for making fast, usable, productive contracts. Reverse sandwich contracts encourage you to think digitally about contracts, make contracts work harder for you so you can focus your talents elsewhere and take a more active role in the contractual process. First, think of a traditional sandwich. A traditional sandwich has lots of boring bread on the outside and then some tasty stuff in the middle. Not terrible, but this can be a problem for contracts. As Daniel and Richard Susskind write in The Future of the Professions, where there is opacity and mystification, there will be mistrust and a lack of accountability. This is exactly what we get with a traditional contract, mistrust and a lack of accountability because of opacity and mystification. The things which make a contract unique to each situation are often hard to find and difficult to edit easily in a traditional contract. The important terms are buried and hidden. With a traditional contract, there's lots of standard terms on the outside hiding the key terms in the middle. You can't always see what's inside the contract easily. You have to go through the entire contract to hunt for the key terms. To make our contract document and processes powerfully productive, resulting in a useful and usable contract, we need to get the good stuff we need to know that often changes at the front and back and the standard stuff that doesn't change in the middle. We need to reverse the sandwich. So if it changes regularly, pull it from the middle and put it up the front into a key details table or at the back into a schedule. In a few episodes time, we'll spend more time looking at triple O productivity, a method for improving the middle of the reverse sandwich contract with things like plain language and visual contracting. The world expects speed in everything, even contracts. How long do you wait for a website to load before leaving? There's lots of research in these kinds of areas, but what's harder to measure is how slow to read hard to implement contracts affect customer experience and slow down internal operations. When you can't read a contract or use it to find information, it makes it hard for lawyers or anyone else trying to understand a contract. Not easy to scale and not easy to roll out to different customers or clients. Traditional contracts are written by and for lawyers who see their only job as thinking of the worst possible outcome and then protecting their clients from that. Traditional contracts don't try to help both parties succeed or reach goals. Traditional contracts aren't created for contract users. I believe the best, most productive contracts are contracts that are useful and usable. So they're useful in the traditional sense of creating binding obligations and protecting clients from risks. And they're also usable in the sense that they can be used by those who need to extract information from them at any point during the contract's life. You can head to the show notes at checklistlegal.com forward slash podcast for visual examples of before and after treatment of the reverse sandwich contract method. In the example that's on checklistlegal.com, you'll see that key information is squashed together in a confusing way. It's not easy to extract that information out. So we've got uh, in the example on the website, consulting period, commencement date, 
and number of days notice to terminate are all squashed together within one paragraph. I'm pretty sure that anyone trying to act on that contract is going to need to read the documents several times to try and map out all those different dates. Very slow. Traditionally formatted contracts take a long time to negotiate, are hard to read, and are difficult to navigate when internal or external questions arise before and after the contract is signed. This is why we reverse the contract sandwich. When you reverse sandwich a contract, you get a contract that's more hands-off from the legal team. It's useful and usable for lawyers and non-lawyers. It's easier to manage and control. It's optimized for automated workflows. It's ready for paperless offices. It's fast to navigate. It's simple to vary later. And I think futuristic and sexy. Head to checklistlegal.com forward slash podcast and you can see an example document that's had the reverse sandwich treatment. What you'll notice about this document is that the title and type of agreement is clear from the outset. You can easily see who is agreeing and the contact information for them. There's also a section called key details and from this we can tell that's where the important information is going to live. This is where we're going to put the information that changes from contract to contract. You'll also see on the reverse sandwich contract that signatures are easy to find. This means that you can tell firstly whether or not the contract is a signed version, who signed it and when it was signed. These are really simple aspects that make a contract a lot easier to operationalize in future. So have a look over that example of the before and after treatment of different contracts. So if it changes regularly, pull it from the middle and put it up the front into a key details table or at the back into a schedule. Before we roll up our sleeves and start cooking up a reverse sandwich contract, we need to retrain the way we look at contracts. We need to see contracts for what they are and what they could become. We need to know that a contract is not a piece of paper. That's next time on the Checklist Legal Podcast.